the GTA 5 source code was leaked. So there has been a lot of discussion around some stuff that was posted to GitHub. The GTA 5 source code leaked on GitHub. Providing a little more context here after looking through the GitHub repository. This is not the game's full source code, but it does contain a vast documentation of the game's backend systems, explanations of its functions and accompanying parameters, including developer notes. I wouldn't mention this, except that Rockstar has already taken this down, but I'm sure a lot of people got their hands on it initially. Looks like it was real the GitHub files have been taken down by Take-Two with a DMCA notice. Who knows what the implications of this are? I heard a lot of rumblings that Rockstar was removing like 95% of their anti-cheat stuff from the back end. It's not my area of expertise, but that could be related to this. They saw this coming for some reason and uh, preemptively tried to stop it. But as I say, the anti-cheat, if it exists at all, doesn't really work, so who cares? Until Rockstar says this is impacting us negatively, we'll just never know, I suppose. In general, not a good thing. The mystery of the Melsing 4090 adapter was solved. So the mystery has finally been solved as to why some of the connector cables with the RTX 4090 were melting. Gamers Nexus went to the effort of being able to recreate these issues. The reasons were foreign objects, debris, there was potential for some manufacturing issues, and parcel insertion user error. These are three things that can cause the issues. But all the things that they've mentioned are exceptionally unlikely. It's like less than one in a thousand or something that this can happen without user error or something. So I'm not particularly concerned. If you are concerned for your 4090, I highly recommend watching this video because I'm not doing it justice. This is not my area of expertise. But it is interesting whenever I watch Gamers Nexus videos now, there's usually a part where he's like, here's all the things that we did to recreate this and to test this and how much effort we went into this. And sometimes that can be a little annoying, but I can understand why he does it because he wants his efforts to be appreciated. Where you have some tech channels who are just like repeating what everyone else is saying and doing no actual testing themselves. Where Gamers Nexus will do the testing themselves, will go the extra mile to be the most accurate possible in what they're reporting. And so I, rec I, I, I recommend if you're interested in tech and, and, and I mean gaming to an extent and hardware, whatever, uh, highly recommend subscribing to this channel. Always in-depth, good information. The disturbing origin of the Roblox oof sound. So you know me guys, I like to like point out videos that I find interesting. And yesterday, for reasons completely unrelated to this video, I joined Nebula, which is like a streaming service for creators. And I happened to see on it, this video, which has now come out on YouTube, but it came out seven hours ago. Now, you guys may remember when I played Roblox for like 15 minutes a bajillion years ago, I asked the question, why is the oof gone from Roblox? And people gave me a very simplified story where it's like, they didn't want to pay the creator money to keep it, so they had to remove it. But it turns out that the story is actually a lot longer and more complicated than that. The first half an hour kind of covers that, and then like there's this other hour and a half of explaining who this person is who claims to own the oof sound. And it's a really strange and interesting story about this massive narcissist who li has lied about like everything he's ever done to at least some degree. It is somewhat disturbing. It's like a fever dream that's interesting. And if you have two hours to spend and you just wanna be sucked down a rabbit hole of something completely random, highly recommend this video, robloxoof.mp3 by hbomberguy. Interesting video. Most commentary YouTubers are garbage. So there was a day where uh, I was feeling a bit ill and I was preparing for my laser eye surgery. So I had a bit more free time. So I gave a really long response to a comment that a person left. 
Be warned, I am going to throw some shade at commentary YouTubers. This will be too long for most of all to read anyway, but this is a response to a viewer question that some of you may find interesting. Viper Rambles is a series where I speak on my own life and current events directly relevant to it. I call the series Rambles to avoid people confusing my off-the-cuff musings with serious statements made by a well-researched expert. This in contrast to a staggering amount of YouTube where people who are blissfully unaware they know nothing speak with absolute confidence about any topic under the sun, some of which they feel knowledgeable in despite having only learned they exist 15 seconds prior. A few moments of thought on something is sufficient to speak confidently to the masses. I limit the topics in my rambles, and this list has gotten more limited over time, partly due to the considerations in the following paragraphs. You may also notice that the amount of videos I have dedicated to individual topics over the years is incredibly few, perhaps a dozen. This is simply because I believe dedicated videos suggest authority and confidence, which I have for very few topics. The reason so many large YouTubers end up making videos of them sitting in a chair speaking on everything under the sun is because they seek to use their own recognizability to easily garner views in place of actual expertise. I believe too many have little respect for the influence they have over others, how their words can impact their lives, or how easy it is to misinform people due to the staggering complexity of the world. Many further seem to have deluded themselves into thinking that luckily gaining an audience for being funny personality on the internet somehow has granted them universal wisdom that can be applied to instantly bring forth the truth of any matter. In reality, even things viewed as simple by a layman usually have depth, nuance, and complexity to anyone willing to take the time to learn of it. Such time is not worth it for those more focused on hitting that special amount of videos they want to release each day and making sure the length is not too long or too short to maximize retention and revenue. As many of you get older and potentially become an expert in something, you will quickly realize these personalities are often full of shit and wrong in key ways. This insight will only be revealed to you because of your expertise, which so few people will share, that there will never be enough of an outcry to inspire correction, even if the egotistical personality will bother giving it to save face. When this happens, you will likely muse, wait, if I can recognize this person as wrong because I now have expertise, how often were they previously wrong, but I was unable to identify it because I was equally as ignorant as the masses. To a layman, a confident idiot and an expert can look exactly the same. This is a scary part of life for all of us and something that has no easy solution for anyone. Spending months becoming even passably knowledgeable in something is not the best way to garner an audience. The few creators you know who do this will always be tiny compared to everyone else successful on this platform. The social media market rewards those who speak confidently, quickly, and on as much as possible regardless of their accuracy. Multiple surface level, usually negative 10 minute videos will gain you a greater audience than eons of study and the wisdom to appropriately apply what you know. For many YouTubers, what is trending on Twitter is more of a decider on the topic of video than actually having something coherent to say. As my understanding of social media and business increases, I am continuously left with the inescapable conclusion that most things that lead to easily obtained success usually bump up against some form of ethical quandary. This has led to an ever-present battle between my business interests and my conscience. I am, however, growing weary of the constant burden such brings me, and I have begun to sincerely long for the day where my growing apathy is truly all-consuming, as much as I think that reflects badly upon me as a person. Moving forward, I do plan to reassess how I treat my commentary, perhaps attempting to find a more sensational name for my Ramble series, but it was in part the views explained above that led me to that delineation in the first place. P.S. I'm sorry, this wasn't 14 pages. So that is how I view commentary content on YouTube and why my Viper Ramble series exists as it does. At least that's part of the reason. Again, this isn't shitting on all commentary channels on YouTube. Like there is a big difference between, between say, the quartering releases 10 videos a day about shit he knows nothing about. That it's just him reading an article and then saying his thoughts that have nothing really backing them. And let's say CoffeeZilla, who his entire existence is the crypto NFT blockchain kind of space. And that's all he focuses on. 
as in he's clearly doing his research where others are like, oh, I learned about something on Twitter 15 minutes ago. Let me read a few tweets and make a video. The quality of commentary you have on the internet is very wide and deep. I like to reference Tom Scott when I talk about these kind of things, where he made a video where he talked about he's done tons of research on topics and still at the end of the day gotten certain things wrong. But online, we usually end up gravitating towards people that we feel that we can trust. For example, I feel like I can trust Tom Scott. I don't trust him to always be right. I trust him to do due diligence. He will go to the place where the thing is, see it with his own eyes, talk to experts on the ground who spent their entire lives there and do research and then make a video. Not a lot of people are going to that kind of effort. And it is just unfortunate though that it is hard on topics where you know nothing to determine whether a person is talking shit or not. I mentioned CoffeeZilla before. He seems to me to be legit, but I don't know anything, at least not that much, about crypto, NFTs, the blockchain, all that stuff. And so to some degree, I just have to take his word for a lot of what he's saying. And there may come a day where maybe I know something he doesn't and I see him saying some bullshit and my world will be shattered. I don't know. But this is just life. I just don't have a lot of respect for commentary channels that don't even attempt to limit themselves to things that they actually know about and just feel willing to speak on literally anything with absolute authority without a moment of hesitation. I respect channels that are focused on particular topics or do actually spend months researching things before making videos. This is why YouTubers don't answer you in comments. So I've kind of had an epiphany when it comes to arguing with people in comments and attempting to explain why they're wrong or my own particular beliefs or clarifying my thoughts and stuff. I've probably answered like a thousand comments in great detail related to the reaction stuff, my positions on it over the last nine months. That is a thousand people. And the time spent doing that is many, many, many hours as a collective. It may not seem like a lot when I'm in the moment, you know, spending 10, 15 minutes, but that really adds up. Why am I doing this? Changing one additional mind on a topic is fairly irrelevant, right? And if I just make another video, for example, even at the lowest reach that video will have, it will reach many, many thousands of people who don't agree with me. Answering comments about such things is really inefficient in terms of attempting to convince greater amounts of people to my viewpoint. And so I'm trying my best now to respond less to comments, even those that I find ridiculously stupid or things that I know I could explain in 15 seconds in a way that a person could understand. I still do like engaging with comments and stuff, but I would prefer to only respond to things that don't take that much time. Or either that or just passively read the comments, maybe press like on them as opposed to spending a lot of time on them. I don't think I'm very good at this because it's just like in real life, if a person walked up to you and said, hey man, and then spewed a bunch of dumb shit. It'd be very hard to not respond to that. It's the same way in comments, but I am trying more. Rockstar is hiring a specialist to stop modders. So if any of you have expertise related to defending, you know, GT Online from hackers and stuff, feel free to apply to Rockstar because apparently they are looking for someone. The Rockstar security team is responsible for protecting our players, employees, and intellectual property, getting rid of malicious actors and insider threats. I would hope that it's simply that the person in this position left recently or something, or they want more people. It's hard to fathom that they just never had a person in this kind of role, but hopefully they find someone good and GT Online won't be a shit fest. It'd be hard to imagine that this is for the current GT Online and it's not for whatever they're going to be releasing next, but hopefully they find someone good. Did I hate the new God of War? My thoughts on the new God of War? Fun game, 
don't know if I'm going to play more of it, though. There are so many games that I haven't played over that have released over the last couple of decades. Like, I don't think God of War is really high on that list of games that I really want to play. The only reason I played it day one is because it's a popular game and, you know, I wanted to see what the fuss was about. It's a very beautiful looking game, though. Good gameplay, good story. Yeah, I'll probably finish it one day. Is AMD now better than Intel? Since you now have an Intel CPU instead of AMD, do you notice any difference between your AMD and new Intel CPU? What made you switch to Intel? Has Intel finally caught up to AMD? Intel has caught up and surpassed AMD, at least currently right now. Or rather, they're fairly neck and neck to a degree. It's not like you're going to be unhappy having an AMD CPU, but the absolute top of the line in gaming at the very least is Intel. Who knows how long that will last? What advice I would give to my younger self? As I've said before, if you are a patron, YouTube member, or a Twitch subscriber, you can suggest rambles in my Discord. So AEE asks, if you could give advice to yourself 10 years ago, what would it be? Excluding things like Bitcoin. Obviously, I just tell myself stuff about the future for investments. But if you mean just general advice, it's hard to think on because everything I want to do is like give advice to like how this succeed based on what I know now. But general advice, I suppose it would just be don't stress too much. I don't know, like every answer to that question is, is related to like, hey, you should get into streaming a lot earlier. It's going to be a big market on YouTube, man. Start making those YouTube videos. Here's a guide on all the things that end up getting popular and why. So much of what success is, is accurately predicting the future or coincidentally doing the thing now that happens to pay off in the uncertain future that you, you can only approximately predict. How the college campus grift works. So there's something that can be called the college campus grift, where you will get a person who will beforehand come prepared with a bunch of statements and facts and claims and then go to a college campus and walk around and find specifically people who do not know what they are talking about and then interview them in order to make it seem like their position is a lot stronger than it actually is. Because even if you have a person who can defend their views to a degree, they will never be able to respond as well to a person who's prepared and has statements that the other person has never heard. The prepared person can make 15 claims that could all be complete bullshit. And because the person sitting there in the chair for, on the campus is unable to respond to them in the moments, then they're going to look like a fool. There is no way to win. The footage that comes out is usually controlled by the individual. So they can selectively choose the people who have fared the worst to present a narrative that a viewpoint is weak, despite them never having challenged a person who is actually strong in that position. On a college campus, because it is true of all young people, you will have people who are unable to defend every position that exists. A person who has spent 40 years studying something can hold the same conclusions as a person who spent 15 minutes. Finding the person who's only spent 15 minutes says nothing about the strength of that position. Because this is true of every position that exists. You will have this happen in your life where you will wholeheartedly believe something is true and find someone and engage them in conversation. Be like, oh, we believe the same things. And you ask them why they believe as they do. And you think they're a moron, despite them having the same conclusions, because that is just life. But this isn't the goal of the campus grift. The goal of the campus grift is specifically to find particular people who support particular positions and to showcase them as somehow unique in the campus environment, when that is not the case. If you see a person who frequently does this kind of campus grift, they are not interested in presenting to you a fair view of the world or having particular positions truly challenged. They're just interested in the PR 
of that position. They want to find the weakest possible opponents to knock them down and to present a reality where those weakest opponents are the most common of that position. It's kind of like in the same way that crime rates can be going down, but if the news is reporting every day that a crime happened here, crime happened here, whether you like it or not will taint your view of what's happening in a kind of a macro sense in your society. If a person does nothing but find the weakest supporters of a particular position and shows you them over and over and over again, regardless of the, rea the reality of the evidentiary support of that position, you will eventually come to have a lower opinion of that position. And that is the grift.